T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, while many of you are out, perusing, boozing, maybe trying to watch some fireworks, depending on where you're at, though the weather looks pretty crappy for tomorrow. That might keep you from seeing a lot of that stuff out there. I think Annapolis has already moved theirs to January 1 because of the weather forecast for tomorrow. I know where I'm going to be tomorrow night. That's watching college football. College football playoff, two terrific games coming up, four really good uh, college football teams should make for a night of entertaining football action and of course my guy the co-host of the it's college football podcast with yours truly joe miller joins me to preview those joe and i'm be on espn plus coming up in three hours as well doing some college basketball and uh joe real quick before we get to the the football uh the world lost an icon yesterday and i I know obviously uh soccer is one of your um incredible passions and uh, no doubt one of the greatest of all time if not the greatest football player of all time pele uh, passing away at the age of 82. But, man, Joe, I think his greatest gift was enhancing soccer, not only in Brazil, but he was one of the first worldwide superstars uh, in the game. In fact, I saw him as a kid play at RFK. There was a fight. <laughs> he was part of it, actually. Um, but it, 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 he was the first guy, Joe, I think worldwide, that really brought soccer uh, to the world stage. Yeah, I don't think there's you know a debate about that. I mean, he's the true first, I think, global superstar. When you think about you know being uh, you know 18 years old and scoring in the World Cup um, for a, 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 a country like Brazil, I mean that's pretty impressive stuff to win the World Cup at that young of an age, and uh, then to have the career that he had. I mean, and look as you mentioned, like the impact. Like it, it, there's like there's two separate stories to it. It's like the world impact, the global impact, and the impact that he had in the United States. I mean, um, growing up as a kid, obviously I didn't, I don't remember the NSAL that kind of folded before I ever got going. But you know, the one thing anybody said about, like, it's the one thing your mother knew about soccer was Pele, and it, it, you know, like, it's the one thing anybody knew about. Oh, you, you what do you think you're Pele? You know, and it, and it. <laughs> Like that, there's like, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's also, there's something to that. There is something that is, is memorable about that. That's important. And I I think you can't write the history, whatever the history is going to be of this country and soccer going forward, you can't write it without a chapter of what Pele did. And then, you know, there's a whole separate being a global icon and being, if not the greatest player of all time, one of the greatest players of all time. So, I mean, a true, uh, a true legend in sports. I mean, uh, it, it, he's up there with, uh, if you want to 
uh, talk about the true legends of uh, you want to collect the sports together and put together a Mount Rushmore. Um, he, he's definitely in the in the mix for that. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, we know we look at how great today's superstars are on the world stage. Guys like Messi, guys like Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo's still chasing his first World Cup. Joe and Pele won it three times. So yeah, that kind of yeah, <laughs> that kind of puts it into perspective for you. Um, you know, when, when we talk about uh, that type. Uh, of success, and uh, you can tell by the tributes coming in from around the world uh, on him uh, just what he meant uh, to the world from a soccer perspective. Guys going to be trying to make names for themselves coming up tomorrow night uh, in this college football playoff. Look, I mean, Georgia has kind of supplanted Alabama right now as the flavor uh, of the month now. This is a chance for them to go uh, back-to-back in terms of this college football playoff. We were talking about identity and and folks have been we've been talking about that all week like you know what is the Washington football identity right now Scott Turner says yesterday well we want to be physical uh and 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 you know punch people in the mouth at the line of scrimmage well Joe Georgia accomplishes that and they don't waver from that personality a whole lot but the one thing that's allowed them to do it look man they're they're you know their AARP quarterback Stetson Bennett uh at 25 years old has allowed them now to kind of exp- even them expand the package a little bit when they need it. Are they going to be able to do that tomorrow night against Ohio State? Well, the thing that sets all of that up, Pete, is the one thing that nobody really talks about is the offensive line play. And then you look at what they've been able to do, the foundation of whatever they've been able to do offensively the last couple of years. It's really based on what they are up front. And it's not sexy to talk about that. And it's, you know, you don't have a lot of statistics that you can go to and say, this is the reason they do what they do, but that's the biggest part of it. You know, look, you look at two of the four teams in the, in, in the playoffs have two of the best offensive lines in college football. And I don't think there's a, a you know, it, it's not a shocking thing to say that, you know, when you look at the play of Georgia and Michigan, it's, it's predicated a lot on the offensive line. And you, you look at what Georgia has done offensively. Yeah. They have expanded what they've done. They still, when you look overall at their overall offensive weapons, does it wow you like some of the teams that we've seen in the past where you saw with a Clemson team that had three guys drafted in the, in the first round at, at skill positions or with Alabama with the talent they had? No, I don't think it wows you. Look, their leading receiver is a tight end. Um, and, and Bowers is a very good tight end, and he's going to be a guy that I think is going to get a chance to play in the NFL. But when you look at overall their skill position guys, they don't necessarily wow you, but – it's it's the sum of the parts. Um, like I think when you look at the, two, the the differences from 21 to 22, when you talk about the differences between these two teams, a lot of people were going to focus on it, and you know, rightfully so, at the beginning of the season, like all the names that were gone on the defensive side of the football field. And yes, but I, I think the differences when you look at this, this team from 21 to 22. Um, is, is that Bennett, I think, has played better for them overall. He's been more consistent. The numbers don't necessarily show that. When you look at the overall numbers, Pete, uh, they don't necessarily show that. But if you watch their team and the, watch the way he's played this season, I do think at times he's had to, because uh, to fill the void of the, the, the losing the two running backs that they had, I, I think that's been a little bit of a bigger void than some people had expected. But in the games where they needed him the most, Really, you look back over the season, uh, there was a couple of hiccups in there, uh, but I thought he played fantastically uh, against Tennessee in that game. Uh, obviously, the SEC championship, he was fantastic as well. Uh, the opening game of the season, he was flat-out perfect against Oregon uh, in the first game of the season. So 
Uh, when they've needed it, I, I think he's done a great job. He's had some a little bit more freedom, and with the, that freedom, Pete, I think he's taken a couple more chances, and maybe that's why you don't see the, the numbers. But really, to me, it comes back um, to, to what I mentioned first, this Georgia team. I think it revolves a lot around what they are as an offensive line and what they are at the line of scrimmage. And it, and uh, and they just are the one super team out of these four teams. I still think that that's the case. And, and I, you know, granted, it's, you know, I, I think they're probably playing uh, a tougher opponent uh, in Ohio State uh, than either TCU or Michigan would have been for them. Uh, and it's just sort of the luck of the draw, I think. All right, from that standpoint, Ohio State is a team that went 11-1, and one, Joe, and yet I think we all kind of look at them as somewhat of a – I think yeah. there's a there's this cloud of failure uh, riding well, over the kids from Columbus, and their only loss, of course, is to the team ranked number two in this playoff coming up the, the tomorrow. Pete, it, it's a, it, I think it was a narrative that came out of the Michigan game that, that Michigan had – uh, you know, they've solved the Ohio State riddle. Like, the, the, now they are the better program. And I, I just feel like sometimes that's just so short-sighted. I mean, if anybody was watching that game in the second quarter, even the biggest Michigan fan would have said, hey, we're in trouble. And, and things switched. And, look, it, it wasn't pretty in the second half. They couldn't stop the run. Uh, but I, I, when I look at Ohio State, I, I think people are taking way too much out of the Michigan game. Uh, look, it, it's football. Sometimes it can just be a game. It could be a misfit here, misfit there, a, a bad angle here. And then all of a sudden you're looking like uh, you don't know what you're doing. Um, this Ohio State team is still loaded on offense. I think the, there is the interesting narrative about C.J. Stroud uh, Pete, that you know, you know, I don't know if he, you know, when you look at his numbers, maybe he hasn't lived up to what the the hopes were for this team. But honestly, I don't look at the. I, I think a lot of people look at the Ohio State Michigan game and go, "Hey, if they would have played ten times, Michigan would have won seven of those." I don't look at those. Uh, I don't see that as the case. I see that as not necessarily one off. I think they're two very similar teams, but. I don't look at those two programs and say they're ships passing by the night and one's going in one direction, the other one's uh, going in the other direction. I, I think they're two pretty similar teams. And if I had to play somebody, I'd rather play Michigan than play Ohio State. Uh, but um, be, because, let's be honest, uh, Michigan doesn't have the weapons at wide receiver, uh, doesn't have the weapon at the, the, at the quarterback position that Ohio State has. Now, there's obviously some differences, in, in but – when you look at what Georgia this season has been, the one thing defensively, like I think they're, they're giving up two points more per game this season. I think they're up to 12. They were at 10 <laughs> last year. So, it, But the one thing that is different, they, they don't have as many takeaways. They're not getting to the quarterback as much as they were doing last season. Those, those negative plays aren't as high as they were last season. And at times they've given up some passing yardage. So when I look at the two teams that fit against them, I would say Ohio State is slightly more of a dangerous team because they can throw the football a little bit better. With that said, though, the one thing that C.J. Stroud has struggled with this season is you know, pressure, and certainly Georgia can do that in this matchup as well. Uh, but I, I do think when you look at it, it's funny to me, like the narrative of Ohio State is like, you know, Ryan Day, this is a program on the decline. Like they couldn't beat Michigan for a second year in a row. Um, I, I don't necessarily buy that, and uh, if I had to buy stock in a program, you know, of those two programs going forward, I, I don't think there's much difference, and I would lean towards Ohio State than Michigan. 
Obviously, we'll talk about this coming up in the next few weeks on the It's College Football podcast, but if I give you a chance to choose C.J. Stroud or Will Levis at the next level, who are you taking? Well, I, I'm taking Stroud at this point. I mean, I like Levis. We've talked about Levis a lot. I mean, I, I think Levis is 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 this is the, the, the thing that happens is college football fans have this sort of weird relationship with the NFL and they go, I've seen this guy for five years and he's not that. What are these NFL guys talking about? What is it? It's the same thing that happened with Daniel Jones. It's happened with a lot of guys. They go, this guy's terrible. And he, in reality, he's not that bad. Uh, they, they just like to project their anger towards the NFL on them sometimes. And I, I, look, he, he, he was banged up the entire season. He was missing his top running back for the first, uh, what, month of the season, basically. Uh, their weapons, his best weapon left to, to go to the NFL as, as a wide receiver. I, I think he still has a, a tremendous amount of talent, arm talent. He can get the job done. Is, but with all that said, you know, I think Stroud is the more polished guy. Now, We've talked about this a ton, Pete. It, it, it's a completely different, you know, people talk about the Ohio State quarterbacks and, and sort of making that, that next step to the NFL, but it, it's just a completely different system. You're working with so much more of a talent advantage when you walk into Columbus that, that you're not going to have to deal with, with Ohio State. I've said this time and time again. I, as much as that ability to go to a school like Ohio State can build you up, can get you to the number one draft pick, because you have so much talent around you, I don't know how well it prepares you for the next level. Like, you're, you're so used to being able to just hit a guy on a crossing route for seven yards and see him go 45 yards that uh, you really have to sort of next level things as a, as a guy and realize that that's not going to be available to you at the next level. But I still think C.J. Stroud has a tremendous amount of talent. I, I think he's played well in situations where some people have said, like, you know, he, he's had a misstep or two. Uh, I, I still think he's the guy over Levis at two. Uh, you know, I, you know me. I, I'm Bryce Young all the way. Uh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, for, for Alabama, you know, I, I'm, I'm Bryce Young all the way. Uh, but I, I, I feel like Stroud's still the, the, the number two guy there. Let's go to the other game. It's Michigan. And TCU, TCU's the newcomer uh, on the scene here uh, coming up this week. Sonny Dykes, a guy that we're obviously uh, familiar with and have talked about a lot on the college football podcast. You know, complete disaster at Cal, uh, got somewhat turned around at SMU, and now obviously has taken TCU. Gary Patterson did a tremendous job of that program for years, but they, they could never quite find the elite level. Well, Sonny Dykes found that elite level, certainly on offense. And how ironic, Joe. The guy that was the second-string quarterback at the beginning of the season uh, ends up being the guy that leads them to the playoff. Had had Sonny Dykes in tears a few weeks ago when he was asked about it and talked about, you know, coaches don't often tell you, hey, I screw up, okay? Coaches don't do that. Coaches will give you a bunch of excuses. Sonny Dykes flat-out said, hey, man, I messed up. I picked the wrong guy. And obviously Max Duggan has had a tremendous season. There's no doubt they're Cinderella. What chance do they have? Yeah, not only did he pick the wrong guy, but he also said, you know, Max, if you want to leave, you can leave. And luckily for him, Max decided not to leave. Um, and it, it's a great story. And Duggan's played great. And Duggan's been a good quarterback there in years past. I think he's been banged up. and But you've seen the, the potential for them. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about this matchup to me, Pete, is, like, we're, we're literally at the 
end of the season. You know, we got a couple games left, and I still don't know what I'm supposed to think about this Michigan defense. Um, like, I, I think they're really good. I don't think they're as good as they were last season. A lot of people have talked about, you know, the sack total is the same from basically from last season. But, you know, watch the game to, to some extent. I was looking over the stats. They have 18 of their 36 sacks. That's half, 50% of their sacks that have come from three games this season. So, yeah, the sack numbers are the same, similar to what they were last season. And, you know, but, you know, that, that, that to me, you, you're getting 50% from three of your 12 games. That, that, that kind of shows me that the, maybe the consistency is not the same as it was from last season. And I think the interesting thing to me is, like, Michigan's defense has played one team ranked in the top uh, 40 as far as offense this season, and that was Ohio State. The one team that I thought was maybe close to what TCU does offensively that they've faced was Purdue, Pete. And I thought Purdue actually, you know, did some nice things in the Big Ten title game. Look, at the end of the day, uh, was it was it perfect? No, but they had 456 yards. The last two games, you know, Michigan's given up 492 and 456 on the defense. I, I think TCU's going to give TCU is going to give them some problems, and I have wanted to believe more in this Michigan team as the season goes along, but I guess this will be the true test to me what they are defensively. I'm still, I'm still not sure if they're the upper echelon. What I, I, what I will say about this team is the biggest question mark coming into this season was J.J. McCarthy. And I think if you look at the last couple of games, while he hasn't thrown it a ton, just 41 times the last two games, uh, the six touchdowns to one interceptions in the back-to-back games against Ohio State and Purdue have answered some questions there. And he played well uh, at different times of the season. Uh, but I-, I still think this is a TCU team that is going to give them a lot of problems. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised when I look at the two games that Michigan is the bigger favorite in these two games. Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Michigan's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Because I think TCU, while they're not going to be able to stop Michigan from running the football I think they're going to be able to score some points on the Wolverines. Yeah, and the, you know what's the the weird counter to that would be is I look at the Kansas State game, not the first one where Kansas State was struggling playing three quarterbacks, but defensively Kansas State, and maybe it's a familiarity thing too. I mean, Duggan, Duggan was barely 50% in that game, but he did affect the game with his legs. And I wonder how many quarterbacks, when we go back and we look at the Michigan schedule and you think about quarterbacks uh, that they faced in the Big Ten, how many quarterbacks has Michigan faced that has an escapability factor? And not a guy that's just an escapability factor, Joe, but this is a guy that looks to run. He looks to finish the run. He looks to score a touchdown. He's not running out of bounds. This is a guy that you know has run for over 100 yards a couple of times uh, this year and is a terrific athlete. The other thing about that is I wonder where Duggan is physically, though, Joe, because he does yeah. take a pounding as a quarterback. No, there's no doubt about that. And to, to answer your first question, that, that Michigan hasn't played a quarterback. I mean, Stroud's the closest thing, but Stroud's not a, really a runner at all, to, to be quite honest with you. I mean, he, at last resort, he'll force but they really haven't faced a quarterback like that. And, like, this is – this is somewhat sacrilegious to, to, I guess, to some people's thinking, but because they're thirteen and zero and they've had a great season. But when I look at Kansas State and Michigan, Pete, can you tell me that there's a true, distinct advantage one way or the other between Kansas State and Michigan? Like you're saying, like you, you could, I think that's a decent comparison for what TCU should be able to do offensively against Michigan. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, uh, look, I think Kleiman's guys are great defensively, and, and maybe because, again, it was the second time around. Because the first time around, Duggan was great. I mean, he 65%, yeah. three touchdowns, but he didn't do anything in the run game against them. I mean, Kansas State was able to uh, put some pressure uh, on him in, in that game, the first game. But the second time, Duggan basically beat him with his feet because he couldn't beat him with his arm. Uh, and he's only thrown four interceptions all year. I mean, he's 30 TDs and four interceptions, Joe, so he doesn't turn the football over, which, in my opinion, is what gives them a chance in this game because they don't beat themselves. And Michigan's style of play by nature, Joe, does reduce the possessions a little bit. So that, from that standpoint, that'll put a little bit more pressure on TCU. And I also do, Pete, think that there's a drop-off between Edwards and Corum. And I, I, I know that it didn't look that way at Ohio State because if you looked at the box score, but really that was, that was two big runs from Edwards. In the fourth quarter, game. right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, those two fourth quarter first, runs. Yeah, if you look at the first 40 minutes of the game, I, I think you could discern that there was a difference between the two guys. And I, I mean, maybe I'll be completely wrong, but I'm going to be, I'll, I'll be really surprised if I, Edwards is, has that kind of game again. Look, Michigan's got a great offensive line, though. though. There's no doubt about that. They're going to win that, that battle up front. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm shorting Michigan to some degree because they are one of the best teams in the country when you look at record-wise. But, I mean, I, I feel like every time I've watched them this season, I've been underwhelmed by them. The only game that I was really impressed by them this season was, ironically, the Penn State game. And then, this, obviously, in the second half, it just it was one of those things where the things came all together for them against Ohio State. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really think TCU's got a shot in, in this game tomorrow. I'll let you out on this. We got three of the top four in the Heisman Trophy voting playing in this playoff. Are any of the three the best player in the playoff? It's <laughs> uh, a good question. I, uh, I'm going to say no because I really think when you look at it, at the like this is this is also like the qualifier, Pete. I'll say because best player is one of those things where you can just kind of. Very subjective, I understand. Very subjective. Best player, uh, I mean, but I, I think Jalen Carter is the best player. Yes, the defensive, yes, okay. Uh, lineman for, for Georgia. That's fine. Uh, and, and I think he's the best defensive player in the country. I know Alabama fans will not like that, uh, but I, I think when you look at, when you look at you know, Will Anderson, when you look at Jalen Carter, I think Carter's the type of player that, uh, to me, um, is the, is the best defensive player in the country and maybe the best player in the country. Appreciate you taking the time, pal. See you in a couple hours. All right, man. See you in a bit. You got it. Joe Miller, co-host of the It's College Football Podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. He and I do that all year. We've been doing it for like seven years now, having a lot of fun with it. A lot of listeners, great audience, great interaction on a weekly basis uh, with all the uh, folks in college football. Look, I mean, that's a great question. How about that? It just goes to show you – how quarterback-centric the award is. D.C.'s own Caleb Williams winning that Heisman Trophy this year. The playoffs got three guys that were 2, 3, and 4 in that voting. And you could argue that Jalen Carter is the best player, and yet we, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, they can't even get a sniff when it comes to the voting for college football's best player award. It's just it's an interesting uh, thing that uh, comes up each and every year. I mean, a lot of times, you know, in the NFL, it happens the same way. 
He got a great defensive player. He's got to be so good, though, to, to you know, win the Player of the Year award, win the MVP and all that stuff. Um, you know, just I know we can pick an offensive player of the year and a defensive player of the year, but sometimes the best player is a defensive guy. 301-230-0980. More of your phone calls next. Commanders, Browns. Look, it's do or die for this team. They open the door for one of these other clubs. They're going to be in trouble. Do you see any scenario that they lose this week? Let's finish up strong on the phones. Top of the hour, we go to Maryland, NC State. Bowl game coverage right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Big fella's off today. He'll be back on Monday. Wacky schedule for me, man. Next couple of days. Usually I got basketball Wednesday, Saturday this time of the year. Basketball on Monday over in Annapolis. But I'll be with Chris. I'll be over at Alumni Hall in Annapolis, though, ahead of Navy and Holy Cross. And then Thursday of next week, my birthday, I get to spend it in beautiful Hamilton, New York, where the, the restaurant options are. A sub shop? Woo! Yes, sir. And the Golden Arks. Woo! <laughs> Maybe I'll stop in Binghamton. There's a there's a Cracker Barrel in Binghamton. So, 
I'll probably end up stopping there. 301-230-0980. Look, this is do or die, man. This is this is Ron Rivera again. He's gotten us to seven wins. Okay? Seven, seven, seven. Normally seven's a lucky number. Okay, when we play the, the, the mythical uh numbers game. Thirteen's allegedly unlucky, seven, but you know what? If you win thirteen, that's more than seven. Okay? So thirteen seems pretty darn lucky to me. That's where Philadelphia is already in terms of the standings. 301-230-0980. Do they get to the great number eight this week? Let's go to Mark and Landover Hills. What's up, Mark? Hey, Drew, what's happening, buddy? Top of the day to you. Likewise, pal. Hey, man, I've been waiting a while, and I don't mind because it's talking to you and Chris anytime. But I wanted to get back to one of your points, Pete, because I think it's a really good one. And it, when you were talking earlier, I was telling Matt this, you were talking earlier about how important being able to get those short short yardage was. And, man, you, you, I think you hit on one of the biggest points of their year, Pete, because think about the game differences it would have been if they would have been in a pro set or an I, and they had a big guy or even Gibson or Williams or somebody, or like you were saying, a tight end, and being able to pick up short yardage, heck, they'd have, man – some of the games would definitely not have been as close, and they would have won many more games. And I think you're correct about that, Pete. And that's what they need to shore up on this team on the offensive side, man. And I, think, I mean, Mark, think right. about it. Let, let's go back. Let's go back to being down on the goal line against Tennessee. Exactly, I mean, buddy. You know, exactly, Pete. That, that that's 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 the one. That's the one that will stick out the most to me. You could talk about San Francisco last week as well. Okay. Yes, sir. There's another. I mean, P, I, I, and maybe I'm wrong. And, and I know we can sit here and say, well, if this play went that way, well, I mean, and yeah, Taylor Heineke's thrown some balls that, and Carson Wentz both. They both threw balls this year that could have been intercepted in games that weren't. And certainly maybe that offsets it. But Mark, this team is not that far away from, you could legitimately make a case that they could have 11 or 12 wins. And, Easily peaked. Yes. Easily peaked. You're, you're not, certainly you're, ten. That unconscionable, buddy. Yeah, I mean, certainly ten. I mean, I, yeah. I'm 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 willing to definitely go ten. Easily, so. Pete. Thing is, we've got to be correct because all the other teams are struggling at this too, and it's a big part of football that really matters. Apparently. Well, I mean, hey, here's what I know, Mark. If I don't get one yard on fourth and one, I give you the ball back, and that's not good. <laughs> Okay, I say this all the time. I say this all the time, Mark. It's a simple game sometimes. It's simple math. It it, it always will be, buddy. Yep. Appreciate you, pal. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate your loyalty. You got it, pal. Appreciate your loyalty to the program. Another big loyal guy. This is the guy that sends Russell and I pictures during the course of the show where for three hours we sit here hungry as hell because the pictures – are of unbelievable meats and other things on the grill. Big Tony, what's up, Tone? What's going on, Petey Pete? Petey Pablo, throw your hands up and wave it like a helicopter, baby boy. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, pal. What are you cooking up this weekend? Hey, Pete, we're going to get to that in a second. But look here, I'm going to tell everybody right now, do not sleep on TCU. they like the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, they're going to play Buffalo, and they're going to lose. They're going to play Dallas, and they're going to lose. They're going to play so-and-so. They're going to lose. They just find a way at the end, Pete, by hook or by crook. <laughs> they find a way at the end to wind up winning that game. 
I'm, I'm telling you, they, boy. When you have the likes of a Justin Jefferson who can go beat anybody, you can have the most elite corner and Jefferson can go beat him. That gives you a chance, I think, every time. And I do believe I do believe Dalvin Cook is one of the more underrated and underappreciated weapons in all of pro football. I'm telling you, Dalvin is a monster, boy. He, he, don't let him get loose. But look here. On his scans thing, man, or the commanders or whatever you want to call them, yeah, they got pieces. But, I mean, we could play. They could have won 10 games, 11, 12, whatever. But they could have lost some games. Like, they don't want to mess around and play Jacksonville now. You know, I mean, they caught some people early, you know, whatever. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. But, Pete, look here. My Steelers game don't come on until 8 o'clock. So, I'm going hunting first thing in the morning, Sunday morning. We got to be out of there by 1030. Going to come home. And during your game, during the commanders game, we got three slabs of ribs, two packs of uh, chicken thighs, we got some fresh, fresh uh, venison backstrap. We're going to do some venison steaks. We got Italian uh, venison sausage that we're going to do. We're smoking mm. all this. It's going to be done by about 530 so I can eat before the Steeler game come on because <laughs> I got to take that nap. And, boy, we're going to be rolling, and we're going to be rolling tomorrow watching all them games because I, 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 I don't drink. So we're just going to be sitting there watching them games after I come home from hunting. Boy, it's, it's, it's a loaded weekend. Then we got Monday. So, yeah, the weekend's good. You have a happy New Year, man, and everybody out there, be safe, man. Don't be drinking and driving. You know, call an Uber. You ain't got the money, I'll venue you the damn money. Y'all take it easy, baby. Appreciate you, Tony. Thank you, as always. It's always great advice. And please stop leaving your car unlocked and running. I mean, my, my guy, DC Real-Time News now, I mean, he he's – look, between DC and PG County, we've had over 900 carjackings this year. Most recently, though, the ones are from you leaving your car running while you're running into the convenience store or something like that. Okay, I mean, you, you, that, that's, just, that's just begging for your car to be stolen uh, at that point. And the number of, I mean, the number of shootings is just incredible. Uh, it, it's just insane. Um, you know, your head's got to be on a swivel. Uh, please, be safe out there because, you know, again, the weather's going to be off tomorrow night, so it's probably going to keep a few of you home and inside. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, my point on Dalvin Cook, by the way, four consecutive years now of over 1,000 yards rushing. Three years ago had the 1,500-yard uh, season, obviously. Uh, this is a guy that, that not, only, not only runs, but he catches the football too. I mean, th- this is a guy that's got, you know, three seasons or more of 40 catches. He's likely going to get that this year with two games to go. He's at 36. So that guy's in hurt uh, a little bit in his career. But th- this is a guy that is averaging four and a half yards carry. And in the playoffs, okay, if, if Kevin O'Connell is even remotely concerned about Kirk Cousins making the, quote, big mistake, well, he's got a running back he can go give the football to now who in the last, you know, three weeks has only had to carry it 14, 17, and 15 times. You know, the, the tread on the tires is still probably pretty good. Lions did a hell of a job against him three weeks ago. But this is a guy, you know, in the last couple of weeks, 4.6, 5.6, 6.5 against the Cowboys, 8.5 against the Bills. I mean, the Commanders did as good a job as anybody against him. I mean, he had almost 20 carries against the Commanders, and they held him to under three yards a carry. So that's another thing about this Commanders team that, you know, when you when you sit there and you look at it and you just pray that if you don't turn the ball over, make plays when they're there, it gives you hope, okay? There's legitimate hope here. 
you know, the the owner, believe it or not, has, you know, because of what's happening and staying in the background, this has been all football for Ron during the season for the most part. Yeah, you you know, you have to the, – the press has to ask the questions when the Snyder stories pop up. I understand that part of it. But this group and its football has improved. The culture is good on the field. The culture is excellent in that locker room. I mean, you, you look at the way the guys play with each other. You listen to them talk about it after the game. Ron Rivera has accomplished that. It doesn't snap your fingers and happen overnight. But Ron has been successful in that vein. He's created a culture that guys want to play in. Guys want to come to work every day. Guys want to show up and play because they want to play for each other. Yeah, they play They play for themselves, too. Don't get me wrong. I know pro, pro sports, it's about yourself first. I don't care what anybody says. I got to do what I got to do to make the most money. If I'm successful, I'm going to make more money. It's just like any job, okay? I know some companies are cheaper than others. But if you do well at your job, A, you keep your job, and usually even at, you know, when I was a kid working at McDonald's, every six months they brought Pedro in. They'd give you a nickel, dime, or a quarter raise because Guerrero was able to move up to drive through pretty quickly in his career. Every time I went to the window, I got a quarter raise. Okay? That's what the players are trying to do. Every game is an opportunity for them to show that hunger, that commitment to winning, that commitment to being excellent at what they do. Do you doubt for one minute that Terry McLaurin, every single play, doesn't try to be excellent at what he does? Young Jahan Dotson looks like he's following those same footsteps. My gosh, what a guy for Dotson to learn from than having Terry McLaurin in the same darn room with him. That's what you hope. Those those are the kind of players you hope to bring in. Those culture pieces are here. Now it's just a matter of getting that most important piece to just give us something. Just be a threat. Just give us hope. This weekend, Carson Wentz. Just give us hope. Let's go to Mark and Chevy Chase. What's up, Mark? Mark going once. Hello? Hey. Well, go ahead, Mark. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Do you hear me? I, I have. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I'll try to be brief. Um, last year, I predicted if we got our players back to strength, we would actually make the playoffs. That was a buffoon prediction. Then this year I called the radio station and said we would win our last three. That is not going to be the case. So I'm giving another prediction. The Washington Commanders will make the playoffs this year. So right now my prediction for the past 30 years, I've been eating crow because every season, preseason, I feel this is going to be the year like 1982 and we're going to make the Super Bowl, so I'm on a real winning streak, boy. Um, <laughs> and Mark, but it and, comes from the heart. Yeah, Mark, appreciate the call. Got to get one, one more in here. Hey, if it makes you feel better, I predicted the Houston Texans to win the AFC South. That obviously is not going. Despite that division being in turmoil, that's not going to happen either. And it could have because the two teams at the top of the division right now have only seven wins on the season. Roberto, 980, you get the final word today. What's up, Roberto? My man, P, 
happy new year, a healthy new year, because you need help because you're a keeper, busy schedule. Lord <laughs> mercy. Appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> so, you, So, you know, I wish you health and, 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 and good speed and all that good stuff. And like you say, all we need from Carson is to not to F up. <laughs> Plain and simple. Give the ball in on time to our to our uh, to our receivers, to the running back coming from the backfield, to the tight ends if you like tight ends so much. Let's work them. Let's work them. We can. This is a nice little project before you know having to deal with Dallas. And I hope and I pray that the, that game means something to Dallas as well, so we can take them out. Well, let, let's hope so. Happy New Year. Appreciate your yes, brother. Sir. You got it, pal. Look forward to talking to you in the new year. Appreciate your loyalty to the program each and every day as well. We'll come back and wrap things up after we tell you what's trending. All right, Capitals last night taking it on the chin in overtime. Led 3-1 at one point. Unfortunately, could not finish the deal last night against Ottawa's the Senators' rally for the 4-3 victory. Wizards in Orlando tonight to take on the Magic, who had eight players suspended. Four will miss tonight's game for the Magic. And, of course, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll take you to bowl game coverage, Maryland and NC State, as that will kick off just after 12 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 right here on the Team 980. The American Vehicle, Maryland Vehicle Theft Prevention Council Want you to take, uh, you know, the vehicle that told you 900 have been stolen in D.C. And, and P.G. County so far this year. Every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland, the key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device. Learn more about vehicle theft prevention at mdautotheft.org. Back to wrap things up in a moment on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Wrapping things up here on a Friday morning. Short show today. College football coming up with the Terps at NC State. Wanna wanna finish up though in, and kind of give you the full details on the story that Joe and I talked about at the initial part of our interview with him and, and just the influence that Pele had early. And if there were players like this, could they draw the same kind of crowds? I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, but as a kid, my grandfather who i was raised by my grandparents uh was a distilled beverage uh salesman and set up all kinds of liquor stores all across dc georgetown one of his last places he worked was hampton mall with a guy named tom johnson tom johnson always gave my grandfather and i tickets to games at rfk one of the first games my grandfather took me to was because my grandparents were from england and ireland respectively was the washington diplomats and the new york cosmos 1977 August of 1977, my grandfather says, we have to go because Pele is playing. And I'm like, all right, you know, who is Pele? And, you know, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been reading the Washington Post, you know, every morning before I went to school since I was five years old. So I followed sports, but even I had knew nothing about Pele at the time. But my grandfather, being from England, says, we've got to go watch Pele. So we go watch Pele, Cosmos, Diplomats. There's a fight. And ironically, ironically, in today's Look, Pele should have been thrown out. Pele threw a punch, <laughs> okay? 
Um, he hit – I had to look it up uh, – Mike Lester for the Diplomats, he clocked him with a left hook, but he was not one of the three guys sent off in that game. Um, Roy Wilner and Alex Pringle, the Diplomats, Steve Hunt of the Cosmos. That Cosmos roster was just insanely good. And uh, But Pele threw a punch. Uh, Dips ended up winning the game by a count of 2-1, to one, ironically enough. Uh, Jim Redfern had a couple of goals in that game for the Diplomats, but it was – to be able to see him and the phenomenon that was uh, Pele, I was blessed, um, you know, that my grandfather had access to tickets to a lot of stuff at RFK. And, and being able to, you know, know now, you know, through the years, understanding who Pele was and just what kind of a world superstar he was, to have been able to see him, 31,000 that night at RFK. They would play a playoff match in a couple of weeks later against a great Fort Lauderdale team. Uh, that year, it drew 77,000 people, 77,000 people for a playoff soccer match at the Meadowlands. Cosmos won that game, by the way, against Fort Lauderdale. That's how good they were. They won that game by a count of 8-3. to three. A week later, they would beat Fort Lauderdale in return match 3-2. But Pele, an incredible superstar and blessed to have seen him in person, even if at a very young age. That'll do it for us. Terps and NC State are up next right here on the Team 980. Happy New Year, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.